0: You know, Ezekiel eight is an amazing chapter as we continue reading through the Bible. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembrick. And And this is Bible Discovery TV. And I'm just focused on this because God took Ezekiel by the hair between heaven and earth. Now, these are strange things that the Lord did to Ezekiel. And as we go through the Bible, we are recognizing these unique things. God has a purpose. We'll talk about that in about five minutes here. Corey and Ryan are coming up in about 12 minutes, Corey.
1: Well, Ezekiel chapter eight shows us the idolatry that was going on in the
2: Jerusalem temple.
1: That Those actions, they were going against even the physical structure of the temple itself. We're going to talk about it later,
2: right? Yeah, well today I am taking a close-up look also at Ezekiel chapter 8, specifically verse 14, which mentions women weeping for Tamas in the Lord's temple. It wasn't a good scene.
0: No, very good. Janice, in about 17 minutes, what's going yes. on? Yes,
3: well, it's Friday. That means we're going to do our fun Friday wrap-up questions. Stay tuned. Ezekiel 8, 1-10 And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house with the elders of Judah sitting before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell upon me there. Then I looked, and there was a likeness, like the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his waist and downward, fire and from his waist and upward, like the appearance of brightness, like the color of amber. He stretched out the form of a hand, and took me by a lock of my hair. And the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven, and brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the north gate of the inner court, where the seat of the image of jealousy was, Which provokes to jealousy. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there, like the vision that I saw in the plain. Then he said to me, Son of man, lift your eyes now toward the north. So I lifted my eyes toward the north, and there, north of the altar gate, was this image of jealousy in the entrance. Furthermore, he said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing? the great abominations that the house of Israel commits here to make me go far away from my sanctuary. Now turn again, you will see greater abominations. So he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, there was a hole in the wall. Then he said to me, son of man, dig into the wall. And when I dug into the wall, there was a door. And he said to me, Go in, and see the wicked abominations which they are doing there. So I went in and saw, and there, every sort of creeping thing, abominable beasts, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed all around on the walls. Ezekiel chapter 8 verses 1 through 10
0: Ezekiel chapter eight, chapter nine, chapter 10 and 11. That's what we read as we continue to go through the Bible in one year here on Bible Discovery. It is very, very interesting. You know, all sin is rebellion against the Lord of hosts. That is the Lord of all gods, the God above everything, the creator of existence. Sin separates us from God. It is that thing in between us. It's so unrepentant and sin secretly slowly deceives us into believing that we can do all things without God knowing, without affecting others. It enlarges our shadows until we are swimming in deep darkness. That's the truth. Sin takes and does the opposite of what God has called us to do and has created us to be. And there is nothing that we can do about it. Only God's son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, who is fully God and fully man, could pay the cost of our sin to set us free. If we come to him and ask him for forgiveness, the Lord has made a way for us to redeem ourselves through his work and what he has done many in today's society do not want to know anything about sin and mark it up as old school thinking when we confess sin. But but, but let me tell you something there. There is no old school thinking at all. There's only truth and lies. And when we repent, we speak truth. When we ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins, we make us right with him. Only He can remove the barrier that separates us from him. Only God can do that. There's nothing we can do. There's no way to play it out. There's no way to bribe God or to make a deal with the Lord. We simply, the the deal is simple. We simply come to Jesus Christ and we say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Help me today be the Lord of my life. I confess my sin to you. That's how we come to know the Lord. And that's very important. And if you've noticed on this program over the last six months, I've been talking about that a lot because that's exactly what we're here to do. Take you through the Bible, but the Lord is in this book. So as we study the Bible, that's what we see. And today we look at chapter eight. This is on the walls and this is Unbelievable. Chapter eight, verses one through 10. And if you have your Bible guide, turn to the passage. If you don't, my question is, why not? The Bible guide will be, will give it to you free as a sample, or you can go online. You can call us or write to us. We'll mail it to you and send it to you. Or you can go online and get it directly. It takes you to a page where you can make a donation. We don't tell you how much because that's up to you and the Holy Spirit. Make a donation, whatever you want. And we will give you that guide. You'll get the copy of the guide to download exactly how it's printed. So you can join us and turn your Bible, the most important book of all, the Bible, the Word of God. Turn your Bible to chapter eight. And Father, today, as we look at this particular passage on the walls, we need to hear you and we need to understand you. Help us to do that today. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. We pray together, amen and amen. So let's look at the scripture because this is very important. Chapter eight begins this way. It says, and it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house with the elders of Judah sitting before me, that the hands of the Lord God fell on me there. Then I looked and there was a likeness like the appearance of fire from the appearance of his waist and downward fire and from his waist and upward, like the appearance of the brightness, like the color of amber. And he stretched out the form of a hand and took me by the lock of my hair and the spirit lifted me up between heaven and earth, or earth and heaven and brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the north gate of the inner court, where the seat of the image of jealousy was, which provokes to jealousy. God took Ezekiel by the hair. He lifted him between heaven and earth and spoke to him there. Let me tell you something. God will speak to us wherever and however he chooses. God will speak to us however he chooses. And I wanna tell you something, we need to listen because God is speaking. So a lot of stuff going on right now. And we need to pray, Lord, are you speaking? Because he's going to answer us. And the Holy Spirit will tell our hearts, yes, I'm speaking because God is speaking now. A lot of people are blaming it on a lot of things, but it's very important to listen to what the Lord is saying. Ezekiel chapter eight, verses four and five. And behold, the glory of God of Israel was there, like the vision that I saw in the plain. Then he said to me, Son of man, lift up your eyes towards the north. So I lifted up my eyes towards the north. And there, the north of the altar gate, was this image of jealousy in the entrance. God shows Ezekiel jealousy, an image that replaced God to his people. We must never. Replace the Lord in our worship. Never. That is the offense. It is, worship is a spiritual thing. We must never replace God. Because if we do, it's a sin and it's bad. We must always focus our attention on God. Not on the smoke machine, not on the lights, none of that. Nothing wrong with that. But let's keep our attention on God. Very important. 6 to 10. Furthermore, he said to me, son of man, do you see what they are doing? The great abominations that the house of Israel commits are here to make me go as far away from my sanctuary. Now turn again and you will see greater abominations. So he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, there was a hole in the wall. And then he said to me, son of man, dig into the wall. And when I dug into the wall, there was a door. And he said to me, go in and see the wicked abominations, which are, which they are doing there. So I went in and saw and, and there every sort of creeping thing, abominable beast and, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed all around the walls. The evil in Judah was deep. This is in God's house. The evil in Judah was deep. When we begin to do wrong, it may start small, but it will build into a kind of darkness that is hard to see. Beloved, we need to read the word of God, not rewritten word of God, the word of God, more of those published in the world than any other book. That's the book we need to read from the established word of God and we need to make sure we worship according to God's word. We need to make sure that we listen to the word of God, not to all of these other words that somebody has this word and that word. Listen to the word of God. Very important. Father, help us to hear you today. And that's what we pray today. Hi, Rod Hember here. We go through the Bible every year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Now, you can join us and watch at the time you like by searching Bible Discovery TV on the Roku Box or on Amazon Fire TV. Anytime you want to watch us, we're there. Get a hold of it. Watch us anytime you want to.
1: All right. Well, Ezekiel chapter 8. You know, God brings the priest Ezekiel and the prophet Ezekiel to the temple in a vision, and he gets to see all of these practices that should have caused an outrage in Jerusalem. All of this false worship, all of this apostasy, all of this idolatry going on in the temple that is supposed to bear God's name. And I said at the top of the show, even the very architecture, the very very building of the temple itself, was arranged in such a way to emphasize the holiness of God. Here's a little bit about what I mean by that. The field of archaeology has helped illuminate the puzzling description of the doorways of Solomon's temple. 1 Kings 6 gives us a description of the outer and inner doorways of the temple as having four and five mezuzot. Today, the word is used to reference rolls of scripture kept in decorative cases on the doorframes of faithful observance of Judaism. While the word is very closely associated with doorposts, the Old Testament isn't referring to four and five rolls of scripture on the temple's doors. It's referring to some sort of architectural detail. Recent archaeological work in Kerbit Ka'afa, a site occupied for a brief time around 1000 BC, unearthed a stone shrine model with an interesting doorframe. This model's door has three interlocking or recessed doorframes. The visual effect gives the impression of three rows of lintels and doorposts, with each doorframe getting progressively smaller as you would enter the shrine. This recessed detailing was also found on a stone altar at Kayafa, further solidifying its connection with the sacred or holy. The tradition of multiple recessed frames with holy places and objects is known from Mesopotamia and the Northern Levant, but wasn't utilized in ancient Canaan. From the Bible's description of Solomon's temple doors, however, now paired with the discovery of the recessed door motif in the earliest of ancient Israeli society, researchers believe that this is how we should understand the Bible's description. In the other cultures of the Near East, two to three recessed frames were common. But the Bible states the temple's doors had four and five frames, which could be a purposeful stylistic difference setting apart the worship of Israel. It's believed from surviving evidence that Herod's temple complex maintained this style. So it's not surprising then, that after the destruction of the second temple in AD 70, synagogues and churches continued to incorporate recessed door frames into their designs. So even the architecture of the temple itself was arranged to emphasize the holiness of God. So every time people went into the temple with the purpose of engaging in apostasy and idolatrous practices, they were mocking the very nature, physical and spiritual, of the temple in Jerusalem. The the, the fact that this was habitually going on is just such a violation of the covenant of God and of you know that, that agreement that the people had to remain holy because God was holy. So uh, it, it is meant to be shocking in Ezekiel 8 and it still should be shocking to us today.
0: So what are some of the things they did?
1: Well, I mean, it's outlined, do you mean the apostasy? Like or the apostasy. The, yeah. I mean, it's outlined in in Ezekiel 8 and Ryan's going to talk about it in a minute with the, mm-hmm. the mourning of Tamas and, and the setting up of idols and the courts and the worshiping of the sun. I mean, it's all, it's not even just here in Ezekiel. Here in Ezekiel, we've got a really uh, good snapshot of it, but it's in the other prophets as well.
0: So these gods that are mentioned, Milcom and all the rest of it mm-hmm. are in the Bible. And, and uh, God tells them back in Deuteronomy, don't, worship these gods. Yeah, Don't get involved. Mm -hmm. And they did. Mm -hmm. Very interesting, right?
2: Yeah. Well, as Corey mentioned, my segment today ties directly in with our reading assignment because it has to do with Ezekiel 8 verse 14, which records that women were weeping for Tamaz in the temple of the Lord. Now, this was considered a great abomination to be sure, but just who or what is this Tamaz? Well, let's see if we can figure this out. In Ezekiel 8, the Lord falls heavily upon the exiled prophet and in visions of God takes him on a tour of the temple in Jerusalem, in which he witnesses several abominations, each one followed by an even greater one. Son of man, God says, do you see what they are doing, the great abominations that the house of Israel are committing here to drive me far from my sanctuary? But you will see still greater abominations. One of these Ezekiel witnessed at the Northern Gate, where women sat weeping for Tammuz. Certainly this was considered a major offense against the Lord, but just who or what was Tammuz? Although opinions somewhat vary, most commentators agree that Tammuz is the Hebrew form of Demuzi, a Mesopotamian god of vegetation who annually died and rose again. The fourth Babylonian month was named in honor of Tammuz, and according to mythology, his lover Ishtar had betrayed him and sent him to the underworld, explaining why the earth's vegetation dried up and died during the summer. During the last several days of this hot month, an image of dead Tammuz was shown to morning worshippers. This was believed to help resurrect Tammuz, promising renewal of the earth's vegetation. This idolatrous practice of mourning over a physical image of Tema's actually seems to be consistent with Ezekiel 8.14, since in the original language there is an article making it the Tema's. Hence the women sat weeping for the Tema's. Actually, some believe that even the image itself was made to weep. As a matter of fact, one old rabbinical commentator claims that the image was made of metal and was hollow, in the eye socket there was lead, which, on a fire being kindled within the hollow image, melted and ran down like tears. And another represents the Temas as a hollow image, with holes through which water flowed. If this be so, it could be that the image was made to weep, and then the worshippers wept along with it. Still, there is yet another ancient and rather bizarre tradition, which makes Tammuz the name of an old idolatrous prophet, who was put to death by a king, who he endeavored to persuade to worship the stars. On the night of his death, all the images gathered from the ends of the earth to the temple of Babel, where the golden image of the sun was. This image, suspended between heaven and earth, fell down in the midst of the temple, and all the other images fell around it, and wept all night because of the death of the prophet. After this, there was an annual mourning on account of his death. Of course, whether Tamas was a myth, an idol, or a man, one thing is certain. These women sat at the gate of the Lord's house, weeping and worshiping something other than God. Therefore, says the Lord, I will act in wrath. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, I will not hear them. So after reading all the horrible abominations that were taking place in the Lord's temple, it's easy to understand why God brought judgment on the nation. But of course, this destruction that God brought on them wasn't a knee-jerk reaction. It had been roughly 900 years since God had first established his covenant with Israel. And it wasn't long after that that Israel fell into rebellion. So the people had several hundred years to get right with God, but they had no interest in doing that. So God had to punish them in order to bring them back into proper relationship with him. God truly is loving and merciful as well as righteous and just.
0: All right, this is very interesting, this whole thing. And uh, we need to pay attention to this because this is how God responds. Uh, when, we, you know, people say, well, you know, God has got a covenant in a nation or whatever. But when the nation violates the covenant of God, mm-hmm. what does he do? You know, yeah. very, very it's important. It's the first
2: two, very first two uh, of the Ten Commandments.
0: I mean, so come on. We're, I mean, we're talking about it. Yeah. So we need to pay attention to this and we need to get ourselves you know, straightened out with God. Lord, forgive us today. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay, Janice?
3: Well, Corey, I thought maybe you might take this opportunity to mention what you and
1: Matlock do and yourself on the weekends. Sure, yeah. So my husband, Matlock, and I, uh, we do Bible Discoveries, the weekend show. So what we do is we, you know, as we're reading through the Bible each week through the reading material, we pull out some big issues that pop up as we're reading through the scriptures, and we also... Uh, discuss and answer viewer questions as well. And we put that together in Bible Discoveries, the weekend show. I also put together uh, a chapter by chapter recap of the reading in case you've fallen behind or if you want to test yourself to see if you remember, because I'm not reading. I mean, you got to read through really fast sometimes to stay on target with reading through the Bible in a year. So if you're interested in that this year, the format that I'm doing is uh, 10 minutes. Sometimes I hit about 13 minutes. I'm not going to lie, but I try to keep it to about 10 minutes. So it's nice and quick. There's a lot longer formats on there from previous years covering the same reading if that appeals to you more. But all of that and even some of my segments and stuff can be found on my YouTube channel, which is my name, Corey Babetchko.
0: That's very good. That's excellent. And also, Ryan, you have a channel as well that they can get a hold of.
2: I do. Like Corey, it's just my name, Ryan Hembry on YouTube. I'm uploading there more and more and more. And your
0: outside segments and everything is coming along well. Yeah, they are. We have, of course, our own segment uh, on YouTube as well. So, what we do is on the internet, we have, of course, Bible Discovery TV where we have everything, so it's very good. By the way, Rumble, Rumble is great. Okay, You'll hear about that in a minute, but Rumble's great. Um, anyway, get Rumble because that's important. Okay, Janice, yes. our question.
3: And so if you're a new viewer, every Friday, I take the opportunity to go back over our readings and develop a question from that reading for the week, And I pose it to Ryan and Corey here on the spot, but you at home can also play along. And don't feel bad if you get the answer wrong, because that's a good way to learn. So here we go. We were looking anywhere from Jeremiah chapter 49 through to Ezekiel chapter 11, which covers this week's reading right up until today. So... Here's the question that I'm going to pose to Ryan and Corey. They're going to have to answer, but they get multiple choice. They get three multiple choice in order to choose from. All right. So here we go. You're looking rather, oh, dear. It's a, it's a, a no, lot of scripture.
2: Yeah. It's a lot of scripture. And, yeah.
1: you know, in 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 the prophets, mm. they're they're all really similar, mm-hmm. but different. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them have similar. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of, I'm a little hesitant.
3: Yes. I'm a little. But you have
2: multiple choice.
3: That's right. What well, sometimes so that's uh, not easy. <laughs> sometimes I, I try to make very tightly woven. So we'll you have see. to think.
1: Okay. But I don't know.
3: I, I, I'm confident today. I'm confident today for you both. And for you at home. Here we go. What was the name of the river in the land of the Chaldeans where Ezekiel saw visions of God? What was the name of the river in the land of the Chaldeans where Ezekiel saw visions of God? Was that the river Kibar, was that the river Euphrates, or was that the river Kirith? Which was it? Okay, this is easy. The river Kibar, the river Euphrates, or the river Kirith. This is easy. For you.
0: (laughs) No, they they know it.
3: They know it. But there may be some at home. You You can pull out your Bible right now. It can be an open book test. Mm-hmm. not for ryan and cory however no. are you settled do you think you have go. the answer yes? yes
2: we do we think we have it all,
3: all right, right. We're pretty and, confident. and what would your answer be
2: we're gonna go with kibar yes a
3: river kibar that's number one or a i'm gonna read you the answer because we always need to check and make sure ezekiel chapter one verse three says the word of the lord came expressly to ezekiel the priest the son of buzai in the land of the chaldeans by the river kibar And the hand of the Lord was upon him
0: there. He was in the shadow of ancient Babylon, if you can imagine that. Babylon was a huge city, great city. It's not anymore, but it was. uh, And uh, anyway, so I'm sorry. That's good. (laughs) We did
1: it. We did it. You were, you were, you went easy on us there. Yeah, sure did. I hope you guys got it at home. Yeah.
0: All right, very good. One. So let's focus on the Bible again this weekend. Go to church if you can and make sure that you pay attention to the Lord on Sunday. This is an important day. Let's remember Jesus died and rose again. We are on Rumble. Rumble is a great service, social media service, and it is excellent. We have our 24 seven live streaming channel, Bible discovery family and friends. It's on Rumble, plus all of our programs. Join us. I invite you to join me on Rumble. It is great. Today we need to pray. Father, I confess that I am indeed of you. I need you in my life. And I thank you for all you've done. So help me to get closer to you and stay close to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.